This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the besotted pride of West London Minipod. We've got Crystal Palace. We're going down to the Palace Tuesday night. And we just thought we need to talk to a Palace fan to find out exactly what's going on. It's not a full podcast. It's just a mini podcast this time. We just thought, let's get the SP on Palace. So we need to go to South East London. Talk to D from Back of the Nest podcast. D, how you doing? Yeah, I'm excited. Thank you for having me on. Um, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Of course, a bit disappointed from Saturday, but, you know, apart from that, it's all well. That's right. I mean, Saturday is obviously the Man City game, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But, I mean, tell you something. I mean, let's just go back to last season, because, I mean, obviously we played you a couple of times last season. But as Palace, just give us a quick summary about last season and were you happy with it? And give us your marks out of 10. So last season, there wasn't many expectations. As you know, Patrick Vieira came in, um, different managers to Roy Hodgson, different style of football. We signed a lot of new quality players as well. So we understood that football is not as simple as some people make it out to be. And it's going to take a bit of a, bit of a while before we can see the best out of Patrick Vieira. So last season, it started off relatively well. Um, we had some good moments, some bad moments. We had the hiccups that we were expecting. Um, at the start of the season, especially with like set pieces, we were struggling with that. But as the season went on and we got more used to the Patrick Vieira style of football and also small things like set pieces, we improved on them. We started getting some decent results, you know, last season, of course, it didn't happen this season. But last season, Manchester City didn't beat us, which was which is great because when you look at a team like Manchester City, they're, they're top class and they're always thriving to go and win the Champions League. Like We didn't lose the Champions League last season. We had some good results, but we mainly struggled against teams in and around us. That's where our problem was. And out of 10 last season, I'd probably give it a 8 or... I think an 8 would be fair. Some people might be surprised because we didn't finish so high up the table, but we also had the FA Cup semi-final under Patrick Vieira's first season. So look, we had something to look forward to even at the start of the season. Vieira got us to the semi-final of the FA Cup. We still had a solid Premier League season. Towards the end of the season, it got a bit frustrating, especially after that defeat against Chelsea in FA Cup semi-final because it seemed like the player just let go. But as a whole, in terms of the style of football, in terms of the direction that the club is heading in, it was like an 8 out of 10. Because right now at Crystal Palace, we have genuine belief and we have something to look forward to, which we didn't have for many seasons since we got promoted. Because when it was with previous managers, such as Roy Hodgson and Alan Pardews, it was always stay up, stay up, stay up, stay up. 
Whereas now we're looking up the table rather than down the table. So as a whole, we are exchanging mentality and it was solid. It was a solid first season and he didn't struggle as me as many expected that he would. I mean, that was last season. Obviously, this is the new season now and, and it's here. And I'm just wondering, just to get a vibe from you, how's it been? I mean, how is your window to start off with? You know, are you excited about any players that you brought in? Yeah, so we brought in a few players. We brought in Sam Johnston from West Brom, a goalkeeper that had high potential, but never has really played in the Premier League apart from, I believe, one season at West Brom. Um, so we brought him in, even though he doesn't start. Uh, we brought in Chris Richards from Bayern Munich, another young talent defender as well. Um, so as a, as a whole, in terms of transfer window, it's, it's been pretty, pretty solid. We, we didn't have to buy a lot of new players but we have players in the right position such as Cheikh Decore, a holding midfielder from Lens, a holding midfielder that we desperately needed due to the style of football that we played with playing out from the back and keeping possession and Cheikh Decore kind of complements the defence and converts that ball into attack so fantastic player there but of course our window is still not done and dusted um, the window the transfer window shuts on Thursday we're still linked with a few players like Conor Gallagher that we lost um, at the end of last season that we're still after and another player that you might you guys might be thinking oh wait you play for Crystal Palace Aaron Wan-Bissaka there's rumours that he could potentially return to the club so we've had a solid season we haven't made that many signings but we made some quality signings rather than a lot of signings, which a lot of clubs are doing nowadays, not even for us. I think they've made 18 so far, which is which is crazy. So yeah, look, I think they've got they've got about another four coming. Apparently, another four coming. <laughs> exactly. <I> seriously, <laughs> it's, it's it's crazy. But for us, we we kept it simple. We've we've targeted um, the areas that we need to strengthen on, and so far we have delivered. I feel like the one position that we still need is that midfielder, and that really depends on Conor Gallagher. Is he going to come back? Hopefully he does, but it's looking very difficult with all the teams linked with him and Chelsea reluctant to sell him. We wanted to buy him on a permanent deal, but Chelsea seemed like they want to loan him out. So we'll see what happens. Your season start, I mean, you're obviously quite pleased with your season start because Manchester City, again, we put that to the back of the put that to the back of the, <laughs> of yeah. the box, you know what I'm saying? Because Manchester City, most people don't expect to beat Manchester City, even though, you know, like I said to you, if, if your game was 45 minutes, just like if, uh, you know, Fulham's and Leicester's game was 45 minutes, they'd have been very happy with 45 minutes games this season. <laughs> like, you know, um, Manchester City, you were 2 nil up at half-time, but you lost 4-2 in that one. But like I said to you, you played Villa, um, you beat the Villa, you got the Arsenal, which probably didn't quite go to plan, you know, yeah. and then you had, a, I think you had another game Liverpool. as well. I mean, just talk us through, your, yeah, Liverpool, that's right, which uh, you got a point out of Liverpool, which I suppose at the time you probably thought was quite good, but then um, then after that, you know, they seem to be having a tricky start to the season, um, but then they let, um, they got, they, they, they Bournemouth punished. They got pun punished Bournemouth. <laughs> Bournemouth are the one. They, they, they were the whipping boys for, uh, for you taking the points of Liverpool, I think. But just talk us about your start to the season. So our start to the season was always going to be difficult. When when you mentioned some of the teams, Arsenal, they're not the, well, I say old Arsenal, but Arsenal from previous seasons where they, they've been inconsistent. They've had a fantastic start to the season. We've had Liverpool. I know they haven't had a great start to the season, but with the quality that Liverpool have, it's always a difficult game going to Anfield, um, you know, and trying to get a result out there. We've had Man City, we've had, you know, Villa. So look, we've had a very difficult start and in that start, we've lost to Arsenal. We could have came out with a point in that game if we took our chances. Um, Aston Villa, we played some great football. We played how we expected us to play against Aston Villa and we absolutely controlled the game. We could have won that game. In fact, not, you know, we could have won that at least 5-1 or whatever it would have been um, if we took our chances in that game. And against, most recently against, for example, against Manchester City, it was away from home 
and we were two new up until Haaland decided to show up and I don't think anyone can stop him so look overall in terms of our performances I haven't had no problem with them I feel like we've played solid as a team we're getting better from last season which is a positive sign in terms of when you're comparing some of the games last season against these teams we, we have improved I believe uh, which is always great and it's now we're looking at the next game against Brentford where it's a game that we need to you know maybe pick up points because we've had some difficult start we've had a difficult start and it's not going to get any easier but the thing about the Premier League season is look at Brentford and Brentford will look at us as potential you know game winners this is a game that you can win but the Premier League is not easy I've not seen a Premier League as this competitive in in a long time you're looking at teams like Liverpool looking at teams like City so Brentford is going to be a difficult task but when we're playing at home uh, under the lights at Sellers Park the expectations has to be there. It's not the first season anymore. It's the second season under Patrick Vieira. We've got some solid players. So we need to be looking at this game aiming to win. I mean, you've talked about Vieira and you talked about, you know, last season it was his first season and you talked about your previous managers, which you, you didn't seem to be too impressed with in retrospect, I'd say. You know what I'm saying? Because it's easy when, you know, look back on them times and you basically said that those managers were trying to keep you in the division and you felt that, you know, Piet Vieira was a different entity I'm going to ask you, though, you know, how happy are you with him? And are you confident he can take you to the next level? Um, he is the best thing to have to Crystal Palace probably since prize arguable. But um, I mean, there's been managers that has kept us up, but he's probably the best thing to happen to Crystal Palace since our promotion. Um, I have not. We have not had a manager like this in terms of a manager who believes in the players. We mentioned likes of Wilfred Zaha. Wilfred Zaha, is, even now, he's linked with a move away from the club. But I've not seen the guy this happy. Like, he's built a genuine connect a connection between the fans, um, the players. You can see that everyone loves Patrick Vieira at the club. And, you know, he's, impl he's implemented that belief. We've got a winner at the football club. And it's not only that, it's just the style of football. So, for me, under Patrick Vieira, yes, I do truly believe that he could be the man that leads us to the next level even last season in terms of like picking uh, we finished I believe 12th um, we didn't pick up some points at certain stages um, that we should have picked up we dropped some silly points but we're seeing improvements already every single time we're seeing improvements and he's not a manager what I hate is a manager that just has a plan A we've had a lot of them at Crystal Palace where they have a plan A and a plan A doesn't work it's still plan A but Patrick Vieira going into the game against Liverpool for example he took a risk he went with a not risk but he changed the style of football um went with a back five and it worked he tried against Manchester City it worked for the first half it didn't work for the second half but he likes to change it about there's not well of course there's going to be players like Wilfred Zaha and Eze who's performing week in week out he's going to have a solid position in the squad but the squad can always change it can change depending on the opponent and that's the type of manager he is he's a modern manager um he's proactive rather you know and and reactive at the same time um uh, depending on the situation like he likes to change things up throughout the game so he's got all the qualities as a football manager to take us to the next level of course we're crystal palace we haven't got the wealth of the likes of manchester city manchester united and all of them big clubs it could take a while but based on what i've seen last season and the start of this season we're heading in the right direction and I believe where our next spot should be is top 10. Top 10 finish for Crystal Palace after nearly being in the Premier League for 10 years is, is a fair target. Look, 10 years is a long time. So I believe that it can take us to top 10 and then hopefully from there build on. Um, I, I truly believe that. It's interesting you talked about Conor Gallagher 
who I think is a really good player. Again, we remember him from the from the championship. Okay, he really annoyed us. Actually, I think he was playing for Charlton at the time. I think he scored against us as well in a game that we were, I think we were meant to win. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh no, we lost this game. But he's a good player. And again, I think he was the main danger person when we played you at the beginning of last season. You've obviously lost him in the window, uh, or you've lost him, and you're still trying to sign him in the window, but you're not quite sure if you're going to get him back. How big a difference has it made to Palace him not being in the side? And I know that you said that you've signed a few new players, but are you stronger or weaker without him, do you think? See, this is a topic that even Palace fans themselves are debating. It's not a clear answer because we've lost Conor Gallagher and Conor Gallagher was massive for us last season. Towards the end of the season, yes, he might have dropped off a bit. I feel like fatigue played a part in that. And also, it seemed like when the season was over after the FA Cup semi-final and you know that we could have finished in like European spaces, um, I feel like he kind of let go of the gas. But overall, Conor Gallagher's contribution last season was fantastic. He, 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 you saw it, he got called up to the England squad. He was one of the highly spoken English players. He's like the next upcoming English, English player. But I don't think we're missing as much this season. There's still a hole that if he joins would be massive that he can fill. But that's the reason for that is Ebrichi Eze, which we didn't see last season. And Eze's playmaking and his connection with Wilfred Zaha has been absolutely fantastic. So he's come on and taken the burden from Conor Gallagher, but in a different way because Eze is more of a playmaker, whereas Conor Gallagher is more of like a number eight. He can go forward, he can come back, and he's not he's not excellent as a number 10. He's, he can't play as a number six. He's just a typical number eight. But Eze, as a number 10, has done a fantastic job. So we haven't missed Gallagher as much, but then you've got Jeffrey Schlupp there. And you can see that is our main weakness. You've got Decore, Eze and Jeffrey Schlupp. So if we bring in, if we bring back Conor Gallagher, it will still be a massive improvement, but it hasn't been as bad as some expected after him leaving. We've talked about Gallagher, who is not in the side at the moment now, which we're very happy with. But I'm going to ask you who should be looking out for in the Palace team. You know, who is exciting you? And also tell you something. Tell me who, if you're a school teacher, you're going to say should do better. Hmm. So in terms of looking out for, I mentioned the key player right now, Eze. Of course, you know, the likes of Zaha. I don't know if he'll feature tomorrow because he's had a bit of an injury concern and Patrick Vieira confirmed that him and Tyrek Mitchell, they might not be playing tomorrow, which could be a massive miss because you're talking about our starting left back and left winger. That whole side could be different. Which is interesting because Tyrek Mitchell was actually in the Brentford Academy. Yeah. And when Brentford shut down their academy, Tariq Mitchell was one of the players who left at the time and he went on to find another team which was Crystal Palace you know and uh, Darren Powell who's uh, one of our ex-boys as well who's one of your academy coaches is down there and I think he took him under his wing took him to the next level and I think there's conversations saying that if he you know if Brentford had decided not to drop him then he'd you know be playing you know he would be our left back but the point is that we had to get rid of our academy at the time because basically Man United and Man City were picking up our top players before we can actually sign them on to, to full contracts so we had to change our style that's what it was but I had to mention that fact because you have got Tyree Mitchell which you know he will do very well and I remember the director of football at the time when he shut it down he said to me some of the players that we're going to drop are going to go on and they're going to have very good careers but unfortunately they're at the age where we can't sign them so we're going to have to let him go. So a uh, fair play to you about Tyreek, but carry on anyway. Yeah, um, Tyreek, look, he's, he's a fantastic footballer and he's still very young and he's, he's one of the prom- He's played for England already, which is which is very good in itself. A player that's played, you know, left Brentford, come to Crystal Palace. I think he had a bit of injury concerns um, before um, when he was younger. He, he wasn't the most, 
you know, he wasn't the most fittest player. He could get injured at times as well. But he's done a great job, but of course he might be out. But in general, as I was saying about the best place to look out for, Eze is the player on form right now. He's come back from one of the worst injuries that you can get in football. Um, and he just bounced back. And I feel like Vieira football is suiting him. He's that creative player to create chances. Um, in, in fact, talking about chances, I was looking at this today because there's a debate whether we should take back Conor Gallagher. But Eze's already had... Ez has already created three big chances for Crystal Palace. Last season, Conor Gallagher as a whole season only created five, which shows you know the the talent of Eze and his playmaking. Um, other players, uh, likes of Joachim Anderson, he's been one player that lots of neutrals have been talking about recently. He's been scoring goals in defence. He looks, he's a solid defender. He's a ball playing um, defender as well. So you have to make sure you close him down. Otherwise, he'll ping out that one pass that could take out the whole press out of the team and check the he's a player that has gone unnoticed but he's a very solid number six that is comfortable on the ball that is a solid defender can play out with the ball from the back as well helping the defense and attack so yeah i think in in general when you're looking at our uh, players to look out for is mainly in midfield for now but then again if elise comes back everyone knows about his talents what he's done as well so he's one to look out for and of course Zaha but I'm not too sure about them two players so right now I think it's our midfield and defence that's the strong points school teacher you know who could do better oh who could do better um it's it's a it's a hard one um in terms of who could do better but you there's there's look Jordan Ayew we could do better as a football club than Jordan Jordan is a fantastic servant but he's not Premier League starter in terms of getting goals and assists so we could do better than Jordan Ayew but who could do better I think he goes to striker so there's Odson Edward which we signed from Celtic last season there's Jean-Philippe Mateta in general Odson Edward he's had a relatively decent start to the season but there's been a few chances that he could have potentially done better in in terms of finishing them away um sometimes his decision decision making isn't the greatest but it seemed like now he's getting a run of games his confidence is growing so also edward could have done better but he has been improving over the last one or two games as well getting an assist and a goal before the man city game so look we haven't had too bad of a start players have been performing well but maybe up front Edward could have slotted a few more chances. I've been asking everyone this as well. So just briefly, just give us your one, two, three, four. Who's going to be top, second, third, fourth in the Premier League this season? Just Ooh. think, because obviously things are different now. The games have started and it probably hasn't gone to plan and you probably may have a different choice now than you might have done at the beginning of the season. Yeah, so in terms of, I think City are still champions. I feel like their quality is great. Um, for me, second place, it's, it's hard because... Arsenal look promising, but it's it's too early in the season. It is, um, but they have definitely improved, um, and I feel like they are either the second or the third best team. It depends on how Liverpool carry on the season after their dodgy start. But for me, probably City, Liverpool, Arsenal, and the last spot. It's like, hey, look, I don't want to sleep on Chelsea, but then again, Tottenham. They, they look decent. The last spot is not as guaranteed. I think it might go to Tottenham. It might go to Chelsea. Choose um, one. Not United. All Choose right, one. I'm going to go Tottenham. I'm going to go Tottenham. Okay, there you go. Listen, and the other thing is that, but forget that, because as far as I'm concerned, is the relegation battle, cool. which is one that we always, as Brentford fans, we still be looking down below us. Um, at the moment, it's below us, but it may not be at another stage of the season just to make sure that we ain't in that. So you're always looking to see what the teams are doing 
beyond there. And the interesting thing is that, you know, the bottom three at the moment now aren't the three that people would have said, okay, maybe one team is, are going to be in the bottom three. So things again have changed in the bottom three. And if you would, if I'd asked you this question at the beginning of the season, I'm sure you would have given me a different answer now. Um, we've got Leicester Wolves and Everton in the bottom three at the moment now. Who are your bottom three? I think it, Bournemouth, um, Everton potentially. I think they could they could be there. There's there's if you're looking at them as a whole, uh, Bournemouth, Everton, and then look, Fulham have had a decent start. I, I don't know if they'll be able to carry that, but it seemed like Mitrovic is firing under them. I have to pick one team. Oh, it's hard. It is hard. I don't think Wolves will be there. But another team, Southampton, are weird as well. Who do I pick? I don't know, Billy. Who do I pick? I've got, I've got Bournemouth, Everton. You choose. Go. Get, get in there. All right, there. Bournemouth, Everton, and I'll go Nottingham Forest because of the amount of players they've signed. I wonder if it'll work out. Coming back to um, Brentford. And the Palace game, obviously we're playing on Tuesday night, 7.45 kickoff. We're leaving very early. I think we're leaving about 11, 11 o'clock in the morning to get down there, actually. We're going to make a whole day of it, meeting up with my Palace chums, the Neil and the Toby and the Tom and the Pete and all sorts of characters as well. Meeting up there. Even my lawyer, actually, is, uh, is, 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 a, is a Palace fan as well. So in, in between us talking about bits and pieces about the music industry and people teething up your music, as people do as well, like, you know, say Stephen is me, we actually go into Brentford and Palace talk. Like, you know, so I'm sure that I'll be chatting to him in the morning and I might even meet up with him during the day as well so that's quite funny I mean, your lawyer is a football fan stroke a legal person like I'm saying so he's going to go to football here but anyway like I said to you um, we match tomorrow the last season points shared early game for us at the beginning of the season we tried to keep it tight the second game was a horrible game you know we just finger in the game and we just didn't want to sort of let in any goals and it was uh, not a great game but this I mean I just want to get an idea more about your thoughts on Brentford. I mean, obviously, just brief thoughts of overall from last season and this season from what you've seen. I feel like last season was always going to be a challenge for Brentford. Um, you had a decent start to the season, then you had the moment um, where it was basically you trying to get points from anywhere and then you signed Ericsson and it seemed like it got going again. But Brentford as a whole, uh, last season staying up, that I think that should have been objective and um, you managed to do that. And the second season is always challenging because you have teams that do have that second sin uh, season syndrome, but you haven't seen that Brentford so far. And in fact, it's looking more positive. You've had some quality results. What I've got to ask you, what, what is second season syndrome? Because again, coming from a, a club that does stats, second season syndrome doesn't exist. In fact, apparently we're told it's... Uh, if, uh, if, if, if you're going to put money on it, you know what I'm saying? you're probably better putting money that's, you know, okay, teams like Fulham and this, that, there. But what, what is second season syndrome? I think the first season, you got the momentum and you got the hype around you and you, you managed to go through that. And then afterwards, it becomes a what if situation. Like, what do we do now? Um, we've stayed up and then you have teams that potentially go and spend a lot of money on a lot of new players and that doesn't work out and then you have players maybe shuffling around so the second season in a way can be more of a struggle because you you don't know exactly what you're trying to achieve is it another season of staying up and then some teams go and splash out some teams um change the way that that change the expectations so i feel like as a whole there, there are some teams that do struggle after the first after the first season um because but surely it's club dependent and i'm just throwing this out because it's club it's it's it's, it's in about the way that you run your club rather yeah. than something that exists because everyone says about this syndrome which is kind of like you know again um mainstream journalists almost say 
it is, is a thing that will happen. No, no. Surely it's about yeah. clubs and how they are run. And if you've got clubs that may come up and they run in a particular way, or you've got a manager that thinks in a particular way, or they've got a director of football that's in a particular way, then that doesn't happen. So Wolverhampton Wanderers come in and they're just like, what you're talking about? Or Leicester come in and they're saying what you're talking about. So it's kind of a bit of a kind of, I think there's a bit of a blanket term. And we sat there and we heard this second season syndrome thing. And because we're Brentford, we laugh because we everyone from from when we're in the fourth third division they'll just you never get to the second division you never get promoted you'll never this you never sign good players you never everyone always puts you know these negative things against us so second season syndrome we do chuckle at that term because we actually don't know what it means yeah well look um it, I 100% agree it depends on who's running the football club as well you guys have got a structure there so I feel like the, the chance of you guys failing in the second season is ex- ex- extremely lower than some other teams that just come in and they don't seem like they know exactly what they want they have like a short-term vision whereas Brentford it seems like they have a long-term vision in, in terms of the players that you're signing um, and the direction that you're heading in with Thomas Frank whereas um, other clubs that you know in the past you mentioned some good teams like Wolves and, and Leicester that show I think all them good clubs the correlation between them is that they're well-run clubs they've got long-term um, future projects rather than just the short term in terms of staying up every single season so the second season syndrome i didn't think it would happen to brentford this season i didn't um i thought brentford would be relatively well because of how your football club is run there's no need to get worried about brentford but there were people talking about potentially like ericsson leaving um whereas i don't think that would have been too big of a problem of course you would have maybe you know best um you, you would have liked ericsson back back at the club but then again if you're a well-run club like brentford you can always try to fill in that gap, whereas other teams they'll struggle because they haven't got a structure. So the second season syndrome basically goes for clubs that don't have a long-term project and go season-season basis. And them clubs, not even just second season, it might even be first season, where they just completely slip up. Um, so look, um, I don't think that's going to be the case with Brentford. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I never did, and I don't. This is. I'm not saying that because you're. Um, I'm here because. If that's not the case. I'm just saying that because of how your club is run. Yeah, everyone knows that Brentford got their own structure and it's been working out so far. And fingers crossed. And and, and just talking about a player, I'm just wondering, look, players, a player or a couple of players that concern you or you're impressed with from River. Yeah, I think um, the main player that everyone talks about is, is, is Tony. Uh, even though I wonder how you feel about him because there has been some questionable moments in terms of what he said about Brentford maybe I don't know it depends on how you really see them things um, but he's been also I, I believe linked with a move away from the club I don't know if you guys will sell him at this point I, I would be very surprised potentially if, if he was to leave um, I feel like it's a solid addition I think Tony and you know um, Hickey as well with the, some new signings that you made the, the thing about Brentford and Palace in terms of like the link between the two football clubs is that we both we have Doug Friedman. I don't know exactly who your director of football is. Um, I'm not going to sit here and act like, like I do, but I know the type of transfers that you go for. We're pretty much similar in a way that we go and buy players rather on their qualities rather than the big names. We've looked at the championship a lot. We've signed Elise, we've signed Eze. Um, in fact, we signed Sam Johnson recently as well. Uh, Mark Gahey, who was on Swans on loan after that loan finished, we, we signed him from Chelsea. So both of our clubs seem like we make some decent signings in terms of going for players with quality rather than big names so we've got a bit of correlation there but uh, you know Hickey as I said and Tony I think them two players as well and uh, M, uh, M Bruno I think, how do you 
sorry, how do you pronounce it? Yeah, him? Brian Mbumo. Yeah, Brian yeah. Mbumo. Yeah, Mbumo, yeah, he's he's been quality as well. Maybe he should have scored a bit more goals um, with the chances that he's got. But look, you got you got quality players that that know the role in the team. And um, tomorrow there, there's a few that we should watch out for. And I feel like it will be an interesting battle in certain areas of the pitch, such as Tony against Joachim Manson and Mark Gahey. Um I think that would be a decent battle to look out for. Right. Okay. So battles to look out for. Tell me. How is this game going to pan out? I think it depends on how Brentford set up. If if um, if they set up with a back four, I could see it being very tightly contested. I think last time around when you came to Sellers Park, I, I believe it was a back five. I might be wrong um, at home, and like that, you guys kind of caught us off guard a bit. But I feel like this time around, we're more used to different styles of football. So I feel like it'd be a the, the main battle is midfield. Um, right now, we've got Eze, Decore, and then Jeffrey Schlupp. And um, the, the way that we play our football, if the midfield doesn't work, it could be a very long day because you're, you're focused on possession-based football and Eze and Decore are the links to it. So I feel like if Brentford stop us in midfield, they have a massive chance of winning. And also, it depends on um, another battle. Is It's hard to say then, is, is Zaha going to play? If Zaha plays then does Brentford, how does Brentford cope with Zaha and Eze? Whereas before we used to be just Wilfred Zaha FC, now we've got one or two creative players that could cause problems. So I think that there could be different battles depending on which players start. But I feel like the main one is going to be midfield. Can Brentford win that midfield? When we last faced you away from home, you was very tight and compact in terms of not letting any spaces in. If we do that once again, then, you know, you might stop us from going and getting into to them and getting into the dangerous positions in the final third. So it really depends on how Thomas Frank approaches this game. Okay, so listen, I've got to ask you, score prediction. <laughs> score prediction. So my score prediction for the game, I have to back my boys. Um, I think it's going to be, it's going to be very tight. It is, and it could go either way, but I don't think it's going to be a high scoring game. Saying that now, watch one team win like 3-0. Um, <laughs> I feel like it'll be like a 1-0 game. Um, I'm going for 1-0 Palace. I feel like Brentford will keep it tight. Um, I know that Thomas Frank has talked about defence as well. Maybe an area that you could potentially focus on in this game to make sure, you know, Everton, I believe that when we're talking about in, on our channel, we are talking about balls over the top. Um, Palace might look at that, another, another area that we could potentially exploit. So I think it's going to be a tight game. Both Palace and Brentford are similarly matched you've got some quality players we've got some quality players but I feel like because it's Sellers Park on a Tuesday night and the difficult games that we've had so far we beat Aston Villa and this is another game that we're looking to ideally get three points it's not going to be easy but yeah 1-0 Palace that's my prediction okay Wicked listen D it's been great chatting to you listen I might catch up with you like I said to you I'm going to be out all day tomorrow so I might bump into you at some stage in the Thornton yeah. Heath type area like I said we'll be getting down to that area I don't know maybe about 6 six thirty as well for the last of our little uh, pub crawl thing all the way down from I don't know Dulwich or wherever it is or Central London or Peckham I don't, I've got no idea where we're going which is going to be all good so listen great to catch up with you and like I said to you enjoy yourselves with the season you come down to New Griffin Park at the end of the season we'll catch up with you for a beer there as well but like I said to you don't forget to uh, buy 
us a beer if you like us at Besotted. Besotted.com forward slash beer. Thank you to everyone that's bought us a beer as well. Also, Besotted Global is our new little social media community. Besotted.com forward slash global. Check that out. And also, don't forget to subscribe to us on all good podcast channels and write us a review if you like. But listen, D, it's good to chat to you. Brentford versus Palace or Palace versus Brentford. Tuesday night, 7.45 kickoff in South East London. It's going to be great. Check us out on Thursday for our podcast for the Leeds match. But this is Billy Grant here from the Besotted crew and we've got D from Back of the Nest podcast thank you very much thank you away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for McDonald's Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.